0: Visit roberthalf.com dot com today.
1: Welcome everybody to Fantasy Football Today DFS. My name is CNJad. I am joined for this game-by-game preview with Mike McClure, of course. He's going to help us do this, and he's going to give out his top three at the end of the show. We're going to give give out our cheat sheet, but first, we're going to do our game-by-game preview. Mike, how you doing? You excited about Thursday night football, and are you excited about this slate? How you feeling about this 10-game slate?
0: Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about the slate overall. Uh, A few players that I really like. I mean, no surprise, guys that I like, like Tyreek Hill, for example. I love him again this week. How can you not? Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, as far as the rest of the slate, I think it's interesting with some of the quarterback injuries we're going to talk about in the game by game. As far as tonight's game, I think it uh, it might resemble some old Big Ten football, just sloppy, run the football, smash mouth football kind of game. So I, I'm excited for it. Ready to go.
1: Yeah, and and just a little cross-promotion here. Mike's normally on the early edge, all the primetime evening shows for football. Uh, He's not on it tonight, but I am. So I'll be on with Coach and Prop Stars and and a couple of others. So join us at 7.30 on the early edge uh, for that as we give out bets and props. Uh, Spoiler alert, I like the Falcons tonight. But there's going to be some really nice props that I'm already aware of from other people uh, that I am I fully endorse in this game that we're going to give out on that show. So um, stay tuned for that. Hit the like button if you're already in the chat. And if you haven't already reviewed this podcast, please go ahead and do so. I've seen a lot of reviews pour in just over the last week or two. And I think anybody who does it realizes that it literally takes like five to ten seconds, sometimes two seconds if you just want to hit five stars. But a lot of people add a few words, which might take them an extra 10 or 20 seconds tops. I mean, it's basically like sending a text to, to your mom and dad, like something short and sweet. Check in and hit five stars and you're good to go. So please do that for us. The FFT DFS contest is already live. You all can go ahead and uh, register for, for it now. I'll tell you, when I checked last night, I think we had like 110 that had already registered and it's only a 200 person contest. So Uh, It probably will get full, I'm guessing, by Friday or Saturday. So go ahead and and hit, if you're listening on the podcast, go ahead and hit the link and register or in this YouTube description. It's also on here as well. Okay, so Mike, are you ready for the game-by-game preview?
0: I am ready for the game-by-game preview. I just saw the chat pulled up. I like it. They're talking about how we are backwards. I am on the left. You are on the right today. I think that is because for the first time in the history of the show, I joined the call before you did.
1: Oh, that's amazing. That's so great. Uh, first of all, Grey Goose Hayes, who who is extremely observant. I didn't even realize that, for the record. So um, it sounds like you're a fan of the show and that you're in here all the time. And we absolutely appreciate you. Derek Graham is in here at Grey Goose. I was thinking the same thing, man. You all are very observant. I wish I was that observant. And Derek. Um, I know you were in the chat a lot on the Tuesday solo pod. And I just want to point out that there were a couple questions you had that I thought were really appropriate. One, I believe, was about Russell Wilson, which we're going to get to that game just to determine whether or not maybe there's something sneaky going on in that game. And two, you had a question about Najee Harris. So I just want to give you a heads up that we're probably going to address Najee Harris specifically and that Pittsburgh game because it was an appropriate question. If you recall, my answer was really more about Jalen Warren than it was about Najee Harris. So I'm curious to see what Mike's viewpoint. Are there any sneaky plays in that Pittsburgh game? Maybe not, but maybe. So stay tuned. Mike Chavez, I see you in here uh, all the time, and you're in here again. Everybody go ahead and hit the like button. Bring your friends into this. This is going to be really fun, and it's going to be really fast. And, Mike, we're going to start with Detroit. This is a game I love. This is a game that a lot of people love, right? Detroit minus three at Chicago. It's a 48-and-a-half point total So, you know, like on Tuesday, I was kind of saying to myself and saying to the audience, you know, I'm not sure I want to be on Justin Fields at 6500 I don't mind the increase in price, but I was just thinking, you know, maybe the ownership could get out of control here. It was already pretty high last week. Maybe it gets high again because the obvious reasons, right? He's going up against Detroit and he's looked really good for about a month now. He's probably going to get some more yards through the air and we might see some yards Uh, through the run, like we saw last week, you know, something to that effect. I guess my question for you, Mike is, is he one of your like, we're going to give your top three at the end of the show. uh, But is he one of your like top two guys? Because for me, I felt like I was going to lean more to it because I assumed the ownership would be lower.
0: Yeah, so Justin Fields, he actually is one of my top two. Uh, I really, really like Justin Fields again. uh, I admittedly have a ton of regret last week. Uh, I played a little bit of Fields, but I played a little bit more Mariota as a pivot from Fields. However, what we're seeing with Justin Fields right now is something we have to take note of because it's been a drastic shift the last three weeks in the philosophy of the team. Weeks one through six, he had 12 designed runs. He's had 21 designed runs in the last three weeks. Basically double what he had the first six weeks of the season. It's a massive, massive shift in philosophy. It's made the team a lot better. It's made him way better in DFS. It makes him more dangerous. It's much harder to defend him now that he's having more design runs and not just natural scrambling ability. I love him. Uh, I think that he should be priced as one of the most expensive quarterbacks on the slate might sound a little crazy to hear that but I truly believe it um he should be the same price as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes right now if you make the assumption that we're going to continue to see the designed runs that we have seen in recent weeks which I do believe that we will uh he should be approaching $8,000 on the slate
1: and let me ask you this because and I don't I don't disagree with that assessment in terms of what his his price should be uh, let me ask you this. Are, are you parent? Last week, I played a lot of Justin Fields. Fortunately, I played no Mixon. I I, you know, I, I had like a Mia culpa on Joe Mixon on Tuesday. We talk about our bad calls and our, and our good calls. And I was the one who said I was going to fade Joe Mixon. So that didn't really work out for me. But fortunately, I had Justin Fields in so many lineups that I actually ended up having a decent week. But my question for you is, do you pair like, obviously, this is a stackable game. You can play Justin Fields solo. Or you can pair him with Cole Komet, who's very reasonably priced. Maybe, perhaps, Mike, in a two tight end stack, which I know you love to do, which of course would include uh, Travis Kelsey. Or you're you playing with maybe Darnell Mooney, you know, some, something like that. And you run it back with the, There's a couple of guys here that I really like. But the main guy I like is Amon Ross St. Brown. We know he's getting the targets. He's got nine and 10 targets over the last two games. He's getting, last week, he had a 40% target share. His ADOT is a little lower. But I, I really think Amon Ra is one of these guys that people are kind of pivoting off of at least a little bit because he hasn't really shown the back end results. And I feel like this is a game that if it has that back and forth, which it should, it's a three point spread in a 48 half point total. I feel like Amon Ra is like the main guy, beneficiary of that high total right on the Detroit side.
0: Yes, he should be. Uh, The only thing that gives me a little pause, and I will say gives me pause just while we're talking about it, is in basically every lineup on my early run. Uh, The price point and opportunity is so good here in this spot. Uh, It's just going to be weather conditions overall. Uh, Generally a player and a team, frankly, that I prefer to play when they're playing at home, indoors, in the controlled environment. This game on the road to Chicago, it's going to be a lot cooler across the country. It's going to actually feel like an outdoor game at Chicago this time around. Uh, so that's something to note and monitor with this team because Detroit has definitely not been very effective away from home in those outdoor games. Um, I, I think that he'll still get there through sheer volume, so I, I'm still playing him, but it's something to note. And and I'm not sure it matters
1: as it pertains to Justin Fields. And forgive us, we're going to spend a lot of time on, on this game rather than, you know, like the next game is going to be Vikings-Bills. Like we're probably not going to spend as much time on that game for a couple of, of obvious reasons. But my point here is... Justin Fields, you know, you're all about a curated environment, a dome atmosphere. Would you agree with me? And maybe this isn't a question that pertains to this particular game, but just to get our listeners in the right sort of frame of mind, wouldn't we prefer Justin Fields actually away from home in Detroit rather than being at home in in what appears to be a cold weather game, one of our first ones?
0: Uh, slightly, yes. Um, we, we would. It's not a bi- as big a concern, though, for me. Uh, just at the position he's playing, knowing that he's a dual threat option and emerging as a dual threat option. The reason we like him, frankly, is because he's the dual threat option. We don't love Justin Fields and want to play him because of the upside that he has with his arm. We want mm-hmm. the combination of the upside of his legs and his arm, right? So I'm not terribly worried about it in this particular environment it's an environment he's been playing in all year frankly uh and is accustomed to where we start to worry again is on the other side with wide receivers things like that it it becomes more difficult in any element whether it's just simple little bit of wind being outdoors things like that the the surface that they're playing on definitely impacts wide receivers just a little bit more so that's where some of my concern comes from i i don't I, I would argue maybe just slightly the opposite way that, you know, a messy field and certain other things could actually help Justin Fields, um, you know, break some of those bigger plays. So I, I don't think it's an issue for Justin Fields. That's totally fair. Any other guys on the Detroit? And for,
1: let, let me ask you two questions before we leave this game. Justin Fields in cash. Uh, is is he sort of just a staple? Like, and I know you didn't do a cash lineup last week. You might not do one this week. I certainly will be, and, and we'll be doing that on the solo pod. We'll at least be looking at mine. But at 6,500, Justin Fields, is he kind of a lock in cash? or and, and if not, is there another quarterback that you just love in cash?
0: Yeah, so I Justin Fields is number one, but it's really close between him and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, nice. I, I love what Patrick Mahomes is doing. I love this matchup. I think the Jaguars are awful, personally. I, I don't yeah. think they're a good football team, um, especially defensively here. So I love Mahomes. I think he's going to approach 400 yards once again. Uh, but yeah, in terms of cash games, it's Fields for me.
1: Fair to say that your two favorite uh, games just from a total standpoint in terms of games that can kind of get out of control are that Kansas City game and this game that we're talking about right now? Yes, definitely. Last question. Would you speculate on any other Detroit Lions, namely Khalif Raymond? Josh Reynolds did not practice on Thursday and we're not sure if he's going to play. He's trending towards not playing Khalif Raymond's 4,400. You know, the, the tight end situation between Brock Wright, James Mitchell and, and Zilstra. I'm not interested in that, but you know, if, if you're trying to find some value, does Khalif Raymond make the cut or is there, is there just other value you're going to go to?
0: Yeah, probably doesn't make the cut for me at this point. Uh, I think we have more value that emerges even through now through Sunday. Um, one name that I'll mention as a direct pivot from Khalif Raymond would be Marquez Valda Scantling down to 4,100 for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, while he had a disappointing game in terms of targets, receptions, etc. He was on the field for nearly every offensive snap still, so. Um, considering Nicole Hardman is potentially going to miss this game for Kansas city. I, I would much rather make that play.
1: Yeah. I will say this. I, I'm not big on MVS. However, to Mike's point, if Nicole Hardman is out and he's, he's nursing this abdomen injury, I suspect he's going to play, but even if he does, I suppose it could be limited. We'll have to wait for reports on that. But if Nicole Hardman doesn't play, I absolutely love MVS as, as a cheap uh, option there. Uh, a couple comments here, uh, Donovan Berg, Mike and Sia, two best guys on Sportsline. Well, I know Mike is. I think you're just kind of trying to butter me up, Donovan, and I'm not sure why, but I will take the compliment. Thank you very much. And then we had a question before we move on to Vikings at the Bills. I think it was uh, Mike Chavez, which is fields with Montgomery. It's a hard no for me. Mike?
0: Yeah, it'll be a no for me. Uh, I love some of the big spins at at running back this week. Um, So probably not going to be the build that I'm going to go with. If you followed most of the year, you've known that I like a lot of big spins at wide receiver. Typically, I want two or three of the studs there this week. It's probably going to be one and a half uh, because I'm going to have more of these stud running backs.
1: All right. And Danzel, Sutton or Lazard, we'll get to those games. My quick answer uh, is Alan Lazard in that one. If anything, I like Judy over Sutton in that Broncos game. But again, we'll get to that game. We'll talk about uh, both of those games. We'll talk about both of those guys. Let's go finally to Minnesota Buffalo. Like this one's the reason it's it's really not worth talking about is that it doesn't appear that Josh Allen is, is going to play. Uh, I don't think we're looking to play like Case Keenum to get cute there. Mike, maybe you are. But, you know, on the other side of the ball, I, I'm not interested. Like This is still a good Buffalo Bills defense. I'm not really interested in going back to Justin Jefferson like I, I was playing last week. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, just not interested. T.J. Hawkinson at fifty three hundred. Listen, if he was forty four hundred. I'd be super interested in TJ Hawkinson, but at 5,300, especially the way this slate is shaping up with the stacks that we want to play, which are kind of expensive, I'm not paying up for TJ Hawkinson. On the other side of the ball, uh, again, not interested really anywhere here. Mike, how about you? Do we move on, or is there is there anything here that is at least worth talking about?
0: Uh, I think we got to move on, honestly. Um, I'm not playing anyone here on any side. I think if if you told me, Mike, you must play someone from this game, as insane as it sounds, it would probably be Dalvin Cook. Uh, Just considering everything we know about the game so far, it it could be a very ugly situation the other way. If there's any sort of a lead, it could be feed Dalvin Cook a little bit, um, but not something I'm overly excited to do and certainly not doing it in my top five lineups. OK,
1: well, something you ought to be excited about because it's your team and they are just crushing it offensively, much to my surprise. I didn't think they'd be they this good, although, you know, it's interesting, Mike. And I'm talking, of course, about the Kansas City Chiefs, who are nine and a half point favorites with a 51 point total. This is going to be a heavily stacked game, you know, as efficient as they seem or at least as prolific as they seem. Man, I mean, it, it took them till the very end of the game just to put up a 17 spot on the Tennessee Titans who on the back end we would have thought that Patrick Mahomes would have had a pretty easy time against them nonetheless he had 68 pass attempts last game he had 63 rushing yards those rushing yards are really what got Kansas City to end up beating the Tennessee Titans let me ask you this from a game script standpoint obviously we're not going to see 68 pass attempts but are we looking at a scenario where Patrick Mahomes just airs it out because the running game is just really bad and for the record jacksonville's probably better against the run than they are defending the pass is this just pass from the jump here and do you think jacksonville can keep pace with them at least to keep it within two scores
0: yeah so i do think jacksonville is decent enough to keep pace with them for a little bit i also think kansas city kind of keeps the foot on the pedal just a little bit uh you know later in this game um But, yeah, I love Mahomes in this spot. We're not going to see 68, but we probably see 35 to 40 passing attempts in this game for him. Uh, It's kind of what we've seen a lot of lately. Um, Yeah, I really, really, really love this spot for him. You know, we talked about only managing 17 points or whatever in that game. He threw for 446 yards. That's really hard to do without scoring more than 17 points. Like, that, it's really, really difficult to do that, right? So, I I like him, though. Back-to-back 400-yard games. Just really good spot for him overall. Some really natural bringbacks on the other side. Um, As far as stacking with Kelsey, I like Kelsey. I don't love him. I think the thing that needs to be talked about, honestly, is Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, If you want to pull up his game log and look at some of these, the last three games, essentially, he's putting up some absolutely elite numbers, uh, you know, in terms of targets, receptions, yardage. Uh, He's looking like a true wide receiver one. Uh, And I really, really, really like this individual matchup for him as well. And then Valdez Scantling, I've talked about it originally or a little bit already. At 4,100, I'm going to play him. Uh, doesn't matter if Michael Hardman's in or not in. He still played the second most snaps in that game uh, against ten, Tennessee for a Kansas City wide receiver. Wasn't really able to do much with those. It is a relatively difficult matchup. Uh, Tennessee is decent defensively, which is why they held him to 17 points uh, at, at that point. But I like him. He's going to have all the opportunity if Michael Hardman is still banged up, which we know he's at least going to be dealing with the injury and playing through it. If he does play, uh, it's not going to shock me if he's kind of worked out of the rotation, if the game is in hand. Um, I, I think MVS is a great play here at 4,100. Any thoughts on
1: Jarek McKinnon at, at a pretty reasonable price as well?
0: Um, probably not. Uh, let me pull up everything here. Probably not. I look, I think that a lot of his work, we we saw what we love about McKinnon is his ability in the passing game, right? I think some of that had to do with just that game being a lot more competitive than anyone Mm -hmm. really thought it was going to be. Um, I don't necessarily envision that with the Jacksonville team. I I see a game that's potentially competitive for two and a half to three quarters. uh, And then they kind of, they pull away. Uh, I mean, that's the ideal game script, right? That's what we want. We want a game that is competitive for two and a half quarters and they don't grab that three score lead until you know early or mid fourth quarter that's when you really have those ceiling type games not a game that's competitive all the way to the final you know to the end of the fourth quarter so i think this sets up fine for that but i I don't think that there's going to be a ton of necessary passing to mckinnon so i i'm not going to do it at 4800 it's fine in a tournament dart throw if you want to um I would pair him with Mahomes if he did, though, for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I think if you're playing McKinnon, you're also playing the game script that Jacksonville is is more than just competitive. That they're that, that this is a game where maybe they can catch a lead or, or or something like that. And and obviously, if you're flipping game scripts and it actually comes true, well then you're you're really leveraging the field because they're obviously playing a, a much different game script. Uh, last question on this. I mean, obviously, I, I think it's fair to say we we love Travis Etienne. He's he's getting all the work. I think he was on the field for about 85 percent of the snaps last week. He's just trending that way, not getting a ton of receptions. But in this game, I could actually see that kind of improving for him in a negative game script. Uh, I like Etienne. I-, I like Christian Kirk. I like man. I like Zay Jones as well. How what, what would be sort of the, you know, the main stack for you? How much involvement are you getting in this game?
0: Uh, it's mostly ETN. Uh, I'm trying to look through. It's it's mostly ETN. Uh, Tr- Christian Kirk, a little bit. The one that I'm still waiting on that I, I think could be relevant in this game is going to be Evan Ingram. Still worried about the back injury uh, just a little bit. He was limited in practice. That tells me that he's likely at least going to suit up. Um, we'll have to monitor it throughout the weekend, though. Uh, I think he's just kind of a sneaky ish pivot uh, at tight end. There are a few guys that are going to be really popular in a similar price range. Uh, so I like him. I like Kirk. Um, you know, some of the others, Zay Jones is fine. Marvin Jones is fine. Like they're fringe playable, they're making player pools. Um, more likely to include them in the Mahomes lineups, but Travis Etienne is a core lineup piece this week. Uh, he's going to be in pretty much every lineup of mine. Another example of a player, kind of like Justin Fields, given the opportunity and individual matchup here, uh, I honestly think you should be as expensive as Saquon Barkley, as crazy as that Mm -hmm. sounds.
1: No, I totally agree with you. Uh, Travis Etienne is that guy, and he's that guy that's getting basically as much work as Saquon Barkley. He's obviously super talented. Final question on this game. Are we going to see from you, are we going to see some two tight end builds with Travis Kelsey and then perhaps a discount option? For example, like a Tanner Hudson who I brought up on Tuesday uh, who's taken the spot of Daniel Bellinger for the New York Giants and has been on the field quite a bit. We
0: we might. Um, Kelsey's always going to be in the player pool, especially if I'm playing Mahomes. I'm still more likely to play double tight end with two of the cheaper tight ends this week individually. Mm. The only reason for that is I want to play Tyreek Hill. I want to play Travis Etienne, and then I want to play one of either Alvin Kamara or Saquon Barkley. So, doing that and trying to get Travis Kelsey in is going to be relatively difficult at this point. Uh, the good news is, is the only way I'm doing that is if I'm playing guys like Zay Jones, uh, MBS, and you know, just kind of naturally game stacking this, and then potentially playing like the Vikings defense against the Bills. Like, there are paths to doing it. Um, it's just a little too early in the week to determine if I'm going to do that across the board or not. Um, so Kelsey's in the player pool, probably not going to be a situation where he's in every lineup like he might typically be if I were playing Mahomes.
1: All right, let's move on to the next game. We have the Saints minus one and a half at the Steelers. It's a 40 and a half point total. You know, Mike, on this one, I've kind of been going back and forth. I mean, the Steelers coming off a bye. It looks like TJ Watt is going to play. It might be a, a snap count for him for the record. But, you know, when it comes to Olave and Kamara, I hadn't, or Kamara, I hadn't really considered, you know, slamming them in like, like I have the last few weeks. Uh, What say you on both of those guys? Because to me, they seem like key pieces. Maybe, maybe you even consider a skinny stack with like a George Pickens, uh, who's only 5k or Pat Fryermuth or or, or something like that. I'm not interested just to answer Derek's question from Tuesday. I'm not interested in Najee Harris or Jalen Warren. Uh, I think Jalen Warren's probably yeah. going to get a little bit more runtime than, than he has previously. So I think they sort of cancel each other out. Uh, what are you interested in here?
0: Yeah, it's Alvin Kamara nothing else for me personally. Uh, I'm not going to have a bring back what I'm thinking or hoping, I guess, is New Orleans is frustrated with the way they performed, uh, in that last game, uh, against Baltimore Ravens. They get back to Alvin Kamara a little bit. Um, you know, it's a little bit of an interesting game uh, at that point, but I would have expected Alvin Kamara to touch football more than he did uh, mm-hmm. in, in that spot. We're talking nine carries, four targets. Um, that, that's essentially an absolute floor game, or at least it should be uh, in terms of usage for Alvin Kamara. I expect those numbers to jump right back up to where it was against Cincy or Vegas, and we're having, you know, 25 to 30 touches potentially in a game. Um That's what I think we see. I'm going to take a stance on it. He's priced appropriately, given that we've seen that game of nine and and three receptions. Um, If you can get him anywhere close to those other games, though, where he actually had legit usage, he's an $8,300 player. So I I do think that uh, I'm going to be playing him personally. I'm taking the stance. Uh, Despite the tough matchup, it's a matchup where I think that they kind of have to lean on him a little bit. So that's what I'm going to play. But no one else. Yeah, I, I, I
1: will say this about Alave. I, I, you know, I don't know what his ownership is trending like, but at 6,800, I can't imagine he's going to be super popular this week because I just think he's at a price and he's in a game environment at 40 and a half where people aren't going to play him. With that said, if his ownership, if we all come to find out that his ownership is is super low on you know Sunday morning or Saturday night, I, I mean, I think I think that's an interesting contrarian play at the very least because we know the Pittsburgh secondary can get beat deep. Uh, not just once, but on more than one occasion by uh, one receiver in any particular game. But I got to admit, like it's probably not some, Mike. To Mike's point, probably not somebody I'm playing either. I'm I'm largely off this game personally. I probably won't have as much Kamara as Mike, but I certainly understand the argument there. You know who I will have a lot of Mike. It's gonna be it's gonna be Saquon Barkley. I think I'm just gonna have to suck it up and pay up uh, eighty six hundred for Saquon Barkley. I don't want to do it because. The stacks that I want are expensive. Like, listen, I like Tua to Tyreek Hill, but the way I'm constructing so far, I can't afford that. And, and if I if I take Hill down to Jalen Waddle, it's still hard to afford that. When I, with the other pieces that that I want in this game, one of them is Saquon Barkley, who, for the record, 20 plus rushing attempts and three receptions are, are, are very likely for him. And we see his game log here; he's getting so much work. The last three games, 20 rushing attempts, 24, 22 targets, five, four, three. It wouldn't shock me if the targets start to go up, but either way, he's getting 22 to 25 touches per game. I like him quite a bit. Do you like him? And on the other side, obviously Damian Pierce, who's getting a lot of the work, pretty much all the work at this point. And the giants do, you know, they rate out pretty well against the rush, but they also allow a lot of explosive runs and the way that Pierce is getting volume. I think he's a really good play too. And maybe a good value, even though he's not getting passing work, I'm interested in both of them. Are you?
0: Yeah. So I'm interested in Saquon for sure. Uh, I'm going to fade Damian Pierce personally. Um, I just, the builds don't work out the way I want them to. It, it could potentially backfire on me. Uh, I'm waiting for a little bit of a drop in usage. I'm curious if they are cautious with him at all with the injury that he's dealing with. Uh, it's listed chest, shoulder, limited in practice. Season's obviously over for them basically at this point. Um, you know, do they start to reel it in just a little bit or are they just going to let him run wild? I don't know. Um, I'm not going to play him, though, at, at this price point And a little bit of elevated ownership, it's not a situation that I personally want to get involved with. So it's going to be Saquon Barkley or nothing really uh, outside of punting at tight end.
1: Yeah, the punt at tight end, I'll probably be playing a little bit of Tanner Hudson, 2600. Uh, played over 70% of the snaps uh, the last time they played. Of course, Daniel Bellinger is going to be out for a little while with that um with that eye injury. So I think Tanner Hudson's a, a, an interesting play, even though the Giants probably aren't going to be forced to pass much. And we know they don't pass much anyway, but I'll be playing some Tanner Hudson probably in those stacks where I really want to play Travis Kelsey. I'll probably end up playing both of them. So Uh, something to consider because 2600 buys you a lot like if you want to like pay down at receiver that's great you're going to be you're still going to be paying like 4k but if you really want to pay down at a position and kind of punt it i think tanner hudson is going to be one of those guys all right mike I, i don't think we need to spend any more time in this game the next game is probably my favorite and part of the reason it's my favorite is because my guess is and you can correct me if i'm wrong my guess is it won't be quite as popular as the two games we've already talked about that people are really interested in, which of course is that, is that, um, what is it? It's the, it's the, um, Detroit Chicago game and it's the Jags chiefs. To me, those are going to be a little bit more popular than this one. Uh, a- am I wrong there? And, and do you like this game?
0: Uh, I like the game a lot. I don't think you're wrong there. Um, I, I think that Tyreek's going to continue to garner a lot of ownership. Um, I, I will say that it's reached the point where the Tua to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle double stack is playable literally every single week. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that just, you know, there are tough matchups and we've seen them have difficult matchups, but they, they have such a high ceiling. They often find themselves in competitive games no matter what. Uh, so they're talking neutral to trailing game scripts almost all the time. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely love them. Um, I'm playing a ton of Tyreeko again, every lineup. Yeah. So it, to
1: me, it comes down to affordability with Tyreek Hill. Um, the, the way I'm building my lineups, it's hard for me to get there, but I absolutely agree. I love to uh, to Tyreek. You know, last week it's funny because Tyreek has been such a target monster. Last week he only got eight targets, but yeah. oh, by the way, 143 yards with those targets, uh, you know, he has a 32% target share with this team and, and honestly eight targets is low for him. You know, if he gets 10, 11, 12 targets, this guy is an absolute monster. I mean, he's he's good for 180 or 200 if he if he's getting the appropriate targets and the appropriate game flow. This is a 49 and a half point total. It should be largely a neutral-ish game script with a three and a half point spread. I guess my question for you is what's the runback? Because Amari, I like a lot, but it's 6,500. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to get there. I will point out with Amari that, and I think this is talked about a lot on other shows too, you know, the home road splits for Amari are are kind of, drastic. He's been really bad this year on the road and he's been really good at home. I'm not really worried about that. I don't think that's a trend I, I'm really going to like buy into. So I like him. But then again, I also think Donovan Peoples Jones at 4,300 is, you know, he's not going to get the targets that Omari's going to get, but I think that's a decent punt. So are you having runbacks in this game? Obviously Nick Chubb is a great runback too, but he's just very expensive at 8,100. Any runbacks on the Cleveland side?
0: Yeah. So probably not. Uh, it's mostly going to be Tyreek by himself. I like Nick Chubb. It's hard to get there. I think it's a fine pivot. Yeah. The issue is there are like four running backs in that range. So You need two of them to miss to really gain a lot of the, on the field. Um, I, I don't mind it though, as far as Amari people's Jones, like not something I'm going to get into. I'm going to go with Tyreek, who I think is going to get his really no matter what. I quickly want to highlight just a a few data points on Tyreek again to drive home the point. Uh, Jacob Gibbs, uh, obviously in the family here at CBS, tweeted out a lot about this. Tyreek Hill versus Cover 3, which is what Cleveland likes to run the most. They're one of the top teams in the league at running a Cover 3. Tyreek Hill against Cover 3, his usage jumps up to 42% target rate per Route run 4.38 yards per route run. That's almost 4.7 yards with Tua at quarterback. Those numbers have jumped up from 31% against any other coverage scheme, 3.57 yards against other coverage schemes. Tyreek Hill absolutely crushes against Cover Three. I love that.
1: I feel like Tyreek Hill crushes regardless, but especially yeah. against this coverage scheme. And by the way, if you don't all, if you're not a member of Sports Line, it's, it's, it's just such unbelievable content, and, and Mike, I feel like not everybody understands what. Like, I think some people think Sportsline is just you know bets, and in, in which all the bets are amazing too. Mike, I know you're already doing great in college basketball. You cover ba- basically every sport. I do some stuff for Sportsline. I've actually got a first round leader ticket going. I don't know how it's doing right now, but Taylor Pendrith was sort of in the running. I think he was one back with about nine holes to play. So. Um, I'm kind of sweating that, but the point is, Sportsline has so much to offer, and the subscription is so incredibly inexpensive. Uh, Jacob Gibbs, I mean, just reading his content alone to me is is worth a subscription. But that's like one one hundredth of what Sportsline has to offer. And if you don't believe me, sign up because it's it's you know, it's they've got it in spades. Uh, anything else about this game? You know, one thing I did want to mention. Everybody wants to play Saquon Barkley, and I'm going to play Saquon Barkley. Like I'm going to play a lot of Saquon Barkley. But if you're playing, let's say, and Mike, like, you know, feel free to disagree with me here, but I think it's a pretty obvious point that I'm about to make. Let's say you're playing like six lineups, six tournament lineups this week, seven, whatever it is. Doesn't one of them have to exclude a, the most popular player or one of the most popular players, Saquon Barkley, with, and instead of playing him, you play the 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 Nick Chubb play and you stack this game like do, like don't you have to have a lineup that doesn't include the because Nick Chubb's going to be one third the ownership of Saquon Barkley so if Saquon Barkley just doesn't flash for whatever reason and this game shoots out like we anticipated shooting out this Miami game and you've got two at a Tyreek and a Nick Chubb and maybe you double stack it with Amari or you know an, an inexpensive DPJ on the run back like you've got it made because you faded the right guy in Saquon and you got the big piece in Nick Chubb that nobody else is playing.
0: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. I I love Chubb in the spot. I I wish I could play five running backs, frankly, but we we (laughs) obviously don't get the option to do that. Um, Yeah, I think this is a really, really sneaky spot for him to potentially score three touchdowns
1: absolutely and for the record Najoku earlier in the week said he was planning on playing but he didn't practice on Thursday I don't anticipate him playing not trying to play Harrison Bryant or any backup tight ends there I'm not trying to play Jeff Wilson or Raheem Mostert I thought I think if you want to get contrarian with that running uh with that backfield for Miami I think Jeff Wilson would be the play he he outtouched uh, Mostert quite a bit uh particularly in the second half and he looked he looked pretty great too. So I'm not going to play him, but if you're just interested in getting a super contrarian piece of that game, I think Jeff Wilson would be the guy speaking of contrarian Mike, the next game on our list, the Broncos plus two and a half at the Titans. It's a 36 and a half point total. When I say contrarian, what I really mean is, you know, nobody's really playing this game. I will point out that the Broncos are coming off a buy that Jerry Judy has begun to flash. And for the record, if you watched our off season series, I was pretty adamant about Jerry Judy being the receiver on this team rather than Cortland Sutton, who it seems the entire industry was on. So listen, I make some bad calls, right? We talked about Joe Mixon last week. I make some pretty good calls too. And I just like for next year, that off season series is great. We had some unbelievable guests, including Jacob Gibbs, uh, Debro, Derek Brown. We had um, TJ Hernandez on a couple times, Andrew Erickson, Josh Locke, you name it. They were on this show. So uh, Nick Brettwish, who I, I do some work with. So uh, make sure you check that out. If, if you, if you don't want to go back this year, make sure you check it out next year. Cause we're not just a in season podcast. Anybody you like, Oh, by the way, we got a lot of people watching everybody. If you're, if you've just jumped in, hit the like button right now, we try to get to hundred likes before we give out Mike's top three at each position, which is going to come up in about 15 minutes. So please, if you are in here, Greg, speed, Gary, I see all of you, Kevin, everybody else, uh, Richie Smalls, love that name. Um, Hit the like button if you haven't already. Anybody here that you like, I'm not playing Derrick Henry against this pretty stout Broncos defense. I don't think I'm going to get to Judy. I'm not really interested in the contrarian Russell uh, Wilson stack. Anybody you like here?
0: I like Derrick Henry just a little bit, uh, just because I think he can get there through sheer volume. It's going to be very fascinating to see how his ownership breaks down relative to ETN, Kamara, Barkley, um, you know, things like that. But I, I do like Derrick Henry. There's always a threshold uh, on his ownership as to when it's a play for me or a fade. Uh, So we're just going to have to monitor that. As far as anything else in the game, uh, Dulcich, the tight end, I think is the only thing that I can get to. Um, I think that he'll have a little bit of opportunity. If you want to stack Russ, I think it's okay. I don't think it's going to be popular at all. I think now is the time to do it. After watching Tennessee – hold Kansas city to so few points while still getting thrown on by Mahomes for 440 yards. Um, That tells me there is some opportunity stacking against that defense just a little bit. Um, I worry about the pace of play in the game. I worry about a lot of things in that game, but if there was a time to play Russell Wilson, it's coming off the bye when everyone's relatively healthy at this point. So I'm not going to do it personally, but uh, it's not going to shock me at all if he has a 25-point fantasy game uh, and plays well. And with that in mind, and, and
1: forgive me if you already said this, but is are any of these singular players on your radar? Like, for example, Dulcich I know you're a fan of, um, Jerry, Judy, uh, other than Derrick Henry, of course, any of these other guys on the other side on your radar?
0: Uh, no, just Dulcich I think is the only one. Um, you know, take your pick between Judy and Sutton if you want to pay, you know, 5,700, 5,600, I think it's fine. Um, but it, it's only if you're someone that's playing 10-plus lineups.
1: Okay. Let's move to the next game. We have another game with a very low total. Not as low as that Titans game. 36, uh, by the way, that 36-and-a-half. T- Tannehill practice in full Thursday, so I don't know if that line has maybe gone up a point or, or so just as a result of that. So it looks like Tannehill is going to play, but that's such a low total, Mike, I have to ask you because we're in betting circles too. And uh, we do these betting shows for the early edge for sports line. Do any interest in that number just because it's so low? Is there any value because it's so low?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, You know, getting above, you know, going over 36 and a half, I think is a decent look uh, in the game. 37 relatively key number uh, at this point. So, yeah, I would lean over in the game.
1: All right. Colts plus five and a half at the Raiders. It's a 42 and a half point total. I'll be honest, Mike, I I don't really have any interest whatsoever here. I think Josh Jacobs is always going to be an interesting play just because of the volume, the workload remains very, very high. But with that said, the Colts, their defense is pretty good, and they're particularly good against the run. I will point out Jonathan Taylor practiced in full, and it looks like he's playing. So I think that's an interesting contrarian piece. But then again, I don't know how contrarian it's going to be on Sunday because maybe people are actually itching to play him. I'm certainly not. I don't think Sam Ellinger is doing the Colts' offense any favors Uh, Any interest at all in anybody in this game?
0: Uh, Devontae Adams. I'll play Devontae Adams, at wide receiver, at single-digit ownership, pretty much every single week. Uh, Played him last week, did really well with it. Um, Mm -hmm. Projects as a pretty good matchup for him. You mentioned the Colts being pretty good against the run. I think it's going to lead to Vegas throwing just a little bit more. It was incredibly encouraging to see 17 targets uh, to Devontae Adams. Now, granted, Four of them were definitely not catchable footballs, um, which is always important to note. Um, You know, he did have 10 receptions, though. I I like him. Where I'll play him is in a lineup where I take a shot at running back, potentially, or quarterback, where I'm going real cheap. Uh, And I typically play him, like last week, I played Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins all together, right? Those are typically things that I like to do when I'm playing a contrarian wide receiver like that. I like to jam him in with the two other studs that I really, really love. Um, So for me this week, that's what it would be. Basically, it might even be like a Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey lineup, uh, really shooting for ceiling games from those three. But other than that, nothing else I can get to in this game.
1: And because we have a lot of discount tight ends that we can already lean on, we just talked about Greg Dulcich, for example, at 3,400. I spoke of Tanner Hudson at 2,600. Do we bother in in this type of game with this type of total, do we bother going to Foster Moreau at 3,200 with Darren Waller recently, as of today, put back on IR?
0: Yes, we do. Massive oversight on my part. Uh, Foster Moreau is certainly in my player pool, one of the near core pieces. Um, If I'm playing two lineups or two tight end lineups, there's a good chance he's one of them. Awesome. Awesome. Uh,
1: Derek Graham noting that we're halfway there. He must be talking about the legs. Hopefully we're more than halfway there. Everybody, please pull down the chat if you don't see the like button and hit the like button and then pull the chat back up. We got Dallas at Green Bay. Okay, so this is this is interesting on a lot of levels. Uh it's a 43 point total. Dallas is favored by 5 going into Green Bay. We got to monitor Aaron Aaron Jones's injury, his ankle injury. You know, Mike, I I have a feeling that even if he suits up, that he just doesn't get a lot of snaps. I just don't know why they would mess around with that ankle injury, other than the fact that I guess they're desperate to win a game. But, you know, I don't know. You drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round instead of getting a piece that could have immediately impacted you. But that's just my little digression on the uh, – by the way, instead of drafting Jordan Love, you could have had T. Higgins. You could have had T. Higgins on one side. You could have had Devontae Adams on the other side. When, that next season when you were contending for a Super Bowl – and you decided to kick a field goal on fourth and seven in the red zone. Well, if you had T. Higgins on the other side of Devontae Adams, I bet you don't kick that field goal. So a little uh, soliloquy there. I apologize. But this game is interesting uh, for running back purposes, right? Because we know Zeke is is banged up too. Are, are you interested in, in, in Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon or, for that matter, Tony Pollard, whether Zeke plays or not?
0: You know, if Zeke is like for sure ruled out, then yeah, I mean, Tony Pollard's going to be right back in the conversation again. Uh, The most interesting piece here for me, though, is still Aaron Jones. Um, Maybe irresponsible speculation, but my speculation was he wasn't hurt at all. Personally, Mm -hmm. Um, my speculation was he was frustrated. There's a lot going on there with the team. Um, You know, every single test has come back negative. You watch some of the body language on the sidelines, you know, laughing, joking, not necessarily engaged. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they came back and gave him just all of the work again. Absolutely all of the work again in this game. Uh, I personally think something is going on there a little bit. We saw it in week seven and eight, right? Week seven against Washington, totally disgruntled, eight carries, still out of 10 receptions there, but next week coming in against Buffalo, getting all the work again, right? We, we've seen it a couple times this season, and – In this particular spot, it would not shock me at all to see massive, massive workload. So Aaron Jones, definitely in my player pool. Interesting. So, I mean, uh, safe
1: to say you're monitoring this situation. Like you're not jamming him in right now and just like ignoring the news for the next three days.
0: Correct. Yeah, yeah. Monitoring it. But as long as he is active and there's nothing saying that he's not going to play or not limited, uh, I will absolutely be playing Aaron Jones. Probably not in cash games, but he'll be in my lineups.
1: Any interest in Alan Lazard, who looks to be like the the one sort of qualified target, at least in Aaron Rodgers' eyes? It looks like Christian Watson is going to play. He's 3,700. There, there was the appearance of him having a concussion, but it turns out he didn't have a concussion. So it looks like it's going to be Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Christian Watson. Maybe Samari Torre might get some run here. Uh, but Watson at 3,700, uh, you know, I, I think that that's at least interesting, but I don't know that I'm going to get there. Any interest for you in, in either Christian Watson or maybe even Dalton Schultz on the other side of the ball?
0: Yeah, not a ton. Um, I think Lazard is OK. Watson is OK. Um, you know what we're going to have in, in this game for Green Bay uh, that I like. Full disclosure, I've already bet Green Bay plus five. Uh, it's one of my yeah. favorite plays of the week. Um, So I, I like them in this spot regardless, but what we're going to see here and keep in mind, green Bay has the number one home field advantage in the NFL. Number two is Miami. Uh, Those are the two biggest home field advantages in the NFL. Um, We're finally going to see a Green Bay-esque game. Uh, The weather is getting a lot cooler across the country over the next 48 hours and going to continue there through the weekend. Uh, We're going to see temperatures like high 20s, a little wind, uh, exactly what Green Bay is comfortable with, where Aaron Rodgers has thrived, where Aaron Jones has thrived, where maybe a team like Dallas that plays indoors in a controlled environment maybe has not thrived, right? Um, I I think it sets up well for an Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon week. I think it sets up well for the running backs in particular. Um, I'm not, at this point, interested in attacking the passing game on either side.
1: And before the Mike 5754 feed gets blown up about Miami's home field advantage, what you're obviously referring to is the weather, right?
0: Yes, the weather and the orientation of the stadium. They intentionally have placed the other team in direct sunlight day games uh we if you've watched how warm it gets down there in the threshold for like having a massive difference is about 78 to 80 degrees uh anything above that it it makes a massive impact Um, which is it'll be like 83 84 i believe this week but when they had some of those games where it was 90 degrees you start to get temperatures on the sidelines approaching 125 to 130 very very quickly uh because of the surface and the sun and all of the direct light exposure uh it makes a huge difference and the miami side of the field of course is set up to where they're not experiencing that yeah it's super unfair i've actually addressed they also wear white uniforms which richie smalls points out in the uh in the chat yeah it's it's very well calculated on the miami side and i mean just real quick
1: like that i mean this is some like it's not that it's like surreptitious it's out the open but like this This seems pretty unfair. If you watched Miami play the Bills, listen, the Bills were going to win that game, in my opinion. They started falling like flies, like literally every other play. There were guys just falling to the ground. They had to like excuse themselves because they were dehydrated or cramping up or something like that. Real quick, Mike, seems unfair to me. Or is it just like, hey, this is football. We've got a little competitive advantage down here. This is what we're going to do.
0: Oh, it's absolutely football to me. Uh, It's no different than baseball teams rearranging the dimensions of outfields based off of their lineup. um, That's true. And other players in their division. Like, yeah, totally. It's fair game. It's what makes sport fun.
1: Funny about baseball. They're they're so big on records and stats and maintaining the integrity of records. (laughs) Meanwhile, like every stadium is built completely differently, like no uniformity whatsoever when it comes to those big home run numbers that we all are, are supposed to sort of pay attention to. Uh, I just I just think that's kind of ridiculous. Uh, but that, again, little ed- editorial for me again in in Miami, it is going to be in the low 80s and it's going to be humid. So these these guys up in Cleveland who are currently enjoying some cold weather, it is going to be something you might notice going into the second half in terms of uh, of guys kind of gassing out a little bit or cramping up or or anything like that. Something to certainly pay attention to. All right, I guess we only have one more game to cover. I think it's the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals plus one and a half at the Rams, 40 and a half point total. Matt Stafford did not practice today. If you're listening on the podcast, it's Thursday. Now, my understanding is that Matt Stafford entered the concussion protocol yesterday on Wednesday, which is extremely unusual. Uh, Usually you would be classified as, you know, uh, protocol like being in the protocol like right after a game or you know the following morning the idea that he was in the concussion protocol only as of wednesday or midweek i should say leads me to believe that he's not playing so he didn't practice today with the current sort of concussion you know rules and 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 the the care that we have with concussions it would actually surprise me if he plays sunday and honestly maybe he could use the rest because he's just been getting belted around a little bit too what does that leave it leaves Wolford in as the backup quarterback. And we also have Kyler Murray who seems to be at least a little banged up with a hamstring. That's something that could be a nothing and it could be a something. So it's something we have to monitor for the record. Arizona also has a casualty on their offensive line. Will Hernandez is out. So we know that the Rams have absolutely owned Kyler Murray during the pendency of his career. And it's, it's, because they they really can get after him they the the pass rush has been there they know how to play kyler murray the book is kind of out on him and the rams have certainly figured it out and we see that in their win-loss record against the arizona cardinals i'm not really interested anywhere here mike how about you
0: yeah it's a total fade for me at this point um which is interesting because you know if you looked at this game on monday uh you're screaming happy cooper cup week right it -hmm. seems like a great spot for cooper cup um Can't get there. Lines already moved to minus one and a half on the Rams side. Incredibly strong indication that Stafford is not going to play in this football game. The other strong indication is the way the total has plummeted. Uh, We have a total now at 40 and a half. Uh, This is Mm -hmm. typically a matchup in the past. The total has dropped on this matchup so far this year. But in the past, this is one where the totals have ranged from 46 and a half to 49 and a half uh, earlier this year. And with some of the scoring the way it is this year, that numbers dropped to 44 and a half to 45 and a half. So to see this thing all the way down to 40 and a half on the total, um, really, really, really strong indication that we've lost a quarterback, if not both, uh, in this game, I think we've only lost one. I think it's just Stafford. I think that we could see a limited Kyler Murray, um, not something you want him out there running 10 times a game, uh, with a bum hamstring at this point, at least I don't think you do. Um, i'm off the game completely as of right now okay and chris in the chat is that guillotine
1: almost sounds like guillotine uh let's get 100 likes guys is what he says so yes everybody if you haven't already hit the like button i know it's annoying for me to say it but there's so many people watching it's very easy to hit the like button i promise you it'll just take maybe 0.5 seconds mike let's go ahead and give it to him even if we don't have 100 likes which for the record i i haven't checked Um, but we probably have something at least in the range of, yeah, we're, we're kind of close and we have a lot. Oh my gosh. We have, so listen, we have three times as many people watching right now as we have likes like guys, come on guys and girls, I should say. Go ahead and like hit the like button, please. If you're driving, you can ignore this request. Otherwise, there's just no reason not to hit the like button. All right, we're getting some likes up, so let's go ahead. It looks like some people are kind of taking charge here and hitting the like button. So, Mike, let's go ahead before we do our cheat sheet and before I just we say a couple words about showdown tonight, this Atlanta Falcons-Carolina Panthers game. Let's go ahead and get your top three at each
0: position. All right, top three at each position, and per the request of the chat, I'm going to include defense and special teams uh, this week as well. Top three at quarterback, pretty self-explanatory for me. You could probably guess them. It's Patrick Mahomes, Justin Fields, and Tua. Uh, Love Tyreek, love Waddle, love stacking both of them. Love the home field advantage they have in Miami. Uh, Justin Fields, we talked about his running. I'll quickly hit that again. Weeks one through six, 12 total design runs. Weeks seven through nine, he's had 22 designed runs, 133 rush yards or more than that now at this point. Um, and oh, that was 30, 133 rushing yards were on the design runs, not the scrambles, uh, and two rushing touchdowns. So I love Justin Fields. I think he's massively underpriced for the new role. Uh, moving on to running back. Number one play for me right now is going to be Travis Etienne. Uh, it's a natural game stack environment in general. I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's got a few cheap wide receivers that are going to crush in this matchup. I love the usage on Travis Etienne. He's a $1,000 too cheap on DraftKings right now uh, for the usage that we're seeing. Running backs two and three, Alvin Kamara and Saquon Barkley. Uh, I'm going to take the stance on Alvin Kamara that we're going to see the usage jump right back up after they essentially got embarrassed by the Ravens. Uh, It's a difficult matchup on paper against the Steelers, but that's the kind of matchup where I would expect them to lean into his unique skill set more than anything. Uh, So I like him. And then Saquon Barkley, love, love, love the matchup. Only caveat here, if Aaron Jones, we get some positive news, I'm maybe going to include Aaron Jones there. It won't be popular, especially after last week, but uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Jones there. I now love for, go ahead, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, I
1: love those three running backs. I probably won't be getting to Kamara, but but I absolutely love Etienne and Barkley quite a bit.
0: Okay, receivers. Uh, Tyreek Hill, number one. Love Tyreek Hill. I've talked about the usage. We all know the usage. Probably going to have a 2,000-yard season. Absolutely incredible. Crushes against cover three. As you mentioned, crushes against every coverage scheme, but especially against cover three. Number two, Amonra St. Brown, uh, natural bring back to the Justin Fields lineups. Love his usage, especially with Hawkinson gone. He's the only sure-handed target that there is. The efficiency will potentially be an issue. However, I think that we see 12 to 14 targets in this particular game. Uh, Give me Amonra. And then number three, Juju Smith-Schuster is my number three wide receiver. Going to be stacking him up a ton with Patrick Mahomes here. I absolutely love what we have seen from Juju. Uh, you know, price point six thousand dollars. He's playing like a seven thousand dollar receiver right now at this point. Um now Michael Hardman's potentially down for Kansas City. So love him there. Next we'll move to tight end uh Cole Komet. You're gonna stack him with Justin Fields. He's my favorite play at the position. Uh look I, I think that he's going to uh have more opportunity here. I, I think that he's gonna be a massive beneficiary of Justin Fields looking to run a little bit more. He's one of those targets that's going to find his way open in those situations. Number two, Foster Moreau. uh, Just kind of necessity for the Raiders. I don't think they're going to have a ton of success running the football against the Colts. I think it's going to have to come through the air. So the price point hasn't moved. Going to play him. And then for the Broncos, Greg Dulcich. Uh, I don't know what else to say about him other than the price point's ideal. The usages in the matchup are ideal. Um, I think he's an absolute stud, and he's too cheap. Okay, and then you have specialty, well, I should say DSTs as well. DSTs as well. Uh, at this point, number one, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we've made the decision on our end that uh, Josh Allen's not playing in this football game, so give me the Vikings on the road, uh, 2,200. going to be very popular if Allen is indeed ruled out. Uh, I do love it though. Mm -hmm. Cardinals, number two, Uh, same thing, picking on the team without a quarterback. Uh, I I don't expect Stafford to play. So that's where I'm going to go there. And then number three, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, It's always fun to pick on a low scoring Denver Broncos team. I'm wondering, a lot of people in the industry use optimizers, right? So when people use lineup optimizers, unless they go in and change the settings, a lineup optimizer, most of them, will not allow you to play a defense against one of your players. So knowing that Dulcich is going to be incredibly popular, it's going to automatically boot the Tennessee Titans defense out of a lot of lineups for people. This is a spot where I would be okay with playing Dulcich against my defense, or just instead of, just knowing that how popular Dulcich could be, the ownership on Tennessee is unlikely to be where it is or where it should be because of how popular optimizers are.
1: I absolutely love that insight there, 100%. And I also love the Minnesota defense at 2,200, uh, (laughs) given the starting quarterback situation. You're right, that's going to be really popular. Certainly, uh, it's going to be extremely viable in cash games and tournaments. You can kind of make that decision uh, whether you want to come off of that or not. But but I love the value there, especially on this slate where the, the value you know, again, it's only Thursday, some value will open up in the next few days, but it doesn't look like we're going to have that tremendous value because a lot of these guys like Tony, the Tony Pollard's of the world, they've already kind of been priced up. He's 6,500. So even if Zeke were out, we're not going to get some Pollard at 6,000 or Pollard at, you know, so we kind of know what the injuries are at this point, particularly at those skilled positions. So I think it's time for the cheat sheet. You know, I, I actually on the fly kind of adjusted my cheat sheet a little bit because part of my thought was, Well, I don't want to just put in a bunch of expensive players because like, it's not really realistic to have like a super expensive stack and a super expensive chalk play because people aren't going to be able to like jam all those things in. So I adjusted it a little bit. So I do with my stack, it is expensive. I do have two at a Tyreek Hill. So that's 6,700 on DraftKings to 9,100. But instead of having Saquon Barkley as my chalk play, which of course I love Saquon Barkley, I did come down to Travis Etienne because that's certainly a game that I'm going to be playing way more than that Giants game in terms of uh, stacking the game. So at least I'm getting a little bit of a discount on Etienne. And then you'll see with my value and contrarian play, I'm really going low price guys there too. So my value play is Tanner Hudson at 2,600. Um, I think, listen, if you want to pay up for Dulcich, it's an $800 difference. It's kind of a lot, but you can also go to Moreau, which is only a $600 difference from, from uh, Tanner Hudson. So you can kind of figure out what you want to do there. Contrarian play is Zay Jones. Again, another piece from that Chiefs game that I might not be stacking quite as much as Mike, but I will be stacking it. And to the extent I'm not stacking it, I'm still going to get pieces from both sides of the game. I think Zay Jones at 4400 listen, he might not get a lot of high value targets, uh, but I, he's the type of guy that I think can maybe have a line of 585 and a touchdown. And at 4,400, I'm I'm very much happy with that. My fade is going to be Derrick Henry. He's an absolute beast. Listen, fades are plays that we're not comfortable making because they can come back to haunt us like it did for me last week. But I'm not paying 8,300 for Derrick Henry this week. It's, I'm just not doing it. So uh, that is my stack chalk value contrarian and fade play. Mike, it's on you.
0: All right. Let's start with the stack. We're going Justin Fields. I want to continue to highlight the philosophy change with the designed runs. Absolutely incredible. Should be more expensive than he is. We're going to stack him with Cole Komet. $3,400 tight end. Uh, I think he's a beneficiary of Fields looking to run more. He gets found on some of those plays, particularly in the red zone. Uh, Chalk play, Tyreek Hill doesn't project as a top five ownership play. However, that number is going to continue to creep up and up and up when we lose guys like Cooper Cup this week, essentially with no quarterback. Uh, I love Tyreek Hill. Talked about him the entire show. Value play, Marquez Valdez Scantling for Kansas City. The price point has fallen down to 4,100. There was a time when we thought the price point could be up near Juju at 6K. Um, He has that kind of upside, right? Michael Hardman dealing with a little bit of an injury. He was, Marquez Hizbato Scantling was still on the field, ran the second most routes and played the second most snaps of Chiefs wide receivers last week. Love him for a bounce back spot at 4,100. Contrarian play, same contrarian play as last week. I hope it works out as well as it did last week. Devontae Adams, 8,700, projecting three to 4% ownership. Nobody's going to play him. Everyone's going to play Tyreek Hill. Everyone's going to play the other guys in that area or spend their money on these elite running backs, uh, Devontae's probably going to have 15 to 17 targets once again. And then my fade. This could go about as well as the Joe Mixon fade did last (laughs) week. For the record, I only didn't fade Joe Mixon on the show because you filled out the cheat sheet first. Joe Mixon was one of my biggest fades of the week last week. Damian Pierce, 6,300, impossible to argue with the usage. That's the point of the fade, is to take a stand on a player that is going to be popular, that people want to play, that you don't. I don't want to play him because I like all the other running backs. I also know that he's dealing with an injury, and he's a star rookie running back on a team that doesn't have a ton to play for the rest of the way in this season, in my opinion. So I hope that he's limited at some point in some capacity. While limited might still be 18 touches and not 30, um, I'm not playing Damian Pierce.
1: Yeah. And, and for the record, you know, the, the like all this last thing I'll say on the Joe Mixon thing, he was the highest owned running back as of Thursday. And then things changed, right? Because Damien Harris was ruled out. There were things that changed that actually ended up pushing Joe Mixon down. So, and I knew that by the way, on Sunday, but you know, it's yeah. funny, Mike, when I, when I fill something out, like on the cheat sheet, even though it was like four days earlier, like I, I feel like I'm a little beholden to it. And I didn't love Mixon anyway, but I suppose I could have included him in a couple items. lines, but obviously, you know, we were fading the highest owned running back at the time. And then because th- certain things fell the way they did, he ended up being, I don't even know what it was, but probably like the fifth or sixth highest zone guy as opposed to a top three guy. So um, yeah. that's how that worked out. But OK, we're going to get out of here. But Mike, I-, I just wanted to ask you, we've got a game starting in two hours. I'll be on the early edge, by the way, at 730 with Coachman, uh, Jonathan Coachman and uh, Prop Stars and, and some others. But uh, so so tune in for that early edge. That's, that's a sports line show on YouTube. How do you think this game is going to go just real quick? It's the Falcons minus two and a half. A lot of people are going to want to play showdown. It looks like there's some rain and wind in the forecast personally, I think Patterson is is an obvious great play, even though his snap share was a little low. I expect that to increase. I think Tyler Algier, even though he doesn't get the receptions, I think especially in this game environment with the weather could run all over Carolina. We just talked about Joe Mixon, who was extremely inefficient running all over this Carolina defense. Now, granted, Carolina's at home. It might be a different story. But Tyler Algier, he had 10 carries. He had 99 yards, average 9.9 yards per carry. That's quick math for you, right? Uh and I'm being sarcastic, obviously. I, I like both of those guys. Um on the Carolina side, I'm not really sure who to play because of the weather, but you know, normally I'd I would like DJ Moore. I would like Terrace Marshall. Chuba Hubbard is playing in this game. It looks like he's going to be active. Any pieces you like in this game? And do you like the spread? Any comments on the spread or the total?
0: Look, I like Atlanta. They should win the game. I expect him to fully dominate the time of possession and control this game. Uh, they're definitely going to want to attack on the ground. Tyler Algier is interesting. Uh, the rushing props are only 31 and a half. It's shown that he's been able to hit that even with Patterson. And he's actually been more efficient with Patterson on the field because they have contrasting running styles that typically opens things up a little bit for that other guy. Uh, so I lean over on his prop. Um, the other thing of note, the Panthers they rank dead last in time of possession in the NFL and 27th in offensive EPA. It could be a lot of dominating possession on the Falcons side, a lot of snaps, a lot of rushing attempts. Um, so focus on Atlanta running game big time.
1: Okay. Uh, that is going to wrap it up. Uh, we will listen. We're, we're going to, I'm excited about this week 10. I really, I truly am. 10 game slate. Uh, don't forget for your redraft people, uh, which is me as well. But uh, we have that game Sunday morning. That one's in Germany. So make sure your lineups are set. But that's going to be our our week 10 game-by-game preview. And we're going to see you on Tuesday for the solo pod. You'll see Mike on Thursday for this very same uh, game-by-game preview. And hopefully we see a lot of, like last week, two weeks ago, Mike, you absolutely crushed it. I was so close to a couple of takedowns myself. I've been really, really close I'm feeling really good about this week. I know a lot of our listeners have had some really good success, specifically in the last two weeks. So hopefully we can carry that momentum. Any final thoughts going into week 10? Nope.
0: Play Tyreek Hill. (laughs) Play Tyreek Hill. Fade
1: Tyreek Hill at your own risk, which is the new mantra for this show. Last year it was Fade Cooper Cup at your own risk. This is Fantasy Football Today, DFS. My name is Sia Najad. That's Mike McClure. We will see you
0: on Tuesday.